0: Hi and welcome everyone to the 128th episode of Serum Rocks. Today we have Benedict Beimann from Serum K to talk to us about 2023 Release Wave 2. And uh, unfortunately, Heidi isn't here to join us, but uh, hopefully she can make it on the next episode. So Heidi is At Serum Heidi and I am at Marcus Allanson. Send us a tweet so we know how we are doing. And let me formally introduce Benedict. He works as a power platform consultant at CRM Consultant in Dynamics CRM engagement and power platform. He started his career as a developer of .NET custom application and front-end development. He's been working exclusively with Dynamics 365 and the power platform since 2017. In this area, he's been working as a developer and as since 2018. 20- 18 as a solution architect. Furthermore, he's active in the community around Power Platform and runs both a blog and a YouTube channel. Welcome! Hey,
1: thanks for having me. Nice
0: to be here. Yeah, how are you doing today?
1: I'm very, very fine. Uh, it's uh, nine o'clock p.m. here, so just going into the, the night and the evening together with you, so that's fine.
0: Yeah. Very nice. What is it that you do as a Power platform consultant and a developer.
1: Yes, uh, I wonder that myself sometimes. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. <clears throat> so as you mentioned, I started out as a developer, and that was playing custom development of .NET and Angular and React and so on. And then I moved on to, or I was moved on to, to the Power Platform Dynamics. Uh, I started with some non-prem installation uh, here in Sweden. And what I do, I'm at the moment mostly doing. Solution architect stuff, designing solutions and so on, but also developing and then it's everything that comes with it, like plugins for DataVerse or JavaScripts uh, for the front end, but also integrations via Azure uh, Functions. Or uh, if we have we have some customers still on premise, so they need some uh, yeah custom .dot NET integrations that
0: are running on their servers then. That's yeah. basically what I do. How did you get started with Dynamics 365?
1: Yeah, as mentioned, I was more or less thrown into it. Uh, so I'm I'm from Germany, and we moved to Sweden six years ago. Back then, or back in Germany, I had more of an off-relationship with Dynamics. Uh, so I, I had some projects where I helped out with some easy front-end uh, scripts and so on. And um, But it was not the main part of my job. Um but then I came to Sweden, and they needed someone, some the developer for an on-premise twenty eleven installation, and yeah, I was appointed to that project and customer. And at the time, we were like twenty people, or yeah, fifty to twenty people from us from the the company at this customer. So it was quite a big installation. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so then I was more or less thrown into uh, Dataverse or Dynamics back then. There was no Dataverse back then. And yeah, it it stuck. So I just stayed in this area.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So when it comes to the 2023 release wave 2, I haven't picked anything from the cloud for industry. Did you pick anything from there? Uh,
1: No, actually not. Uh, That's not the usual area I'm working with, actually. Uh, So I'm mostly working with, like, uh, as mentioned, Dynamics 365, but that's getting less and less as well. Uh, It's more plain Power Platform. Yeah. Um, And we have, like, in our company, uh, we have split out the areas everyone is looking at. So I'm looking at, like, marketing and sales, uh, customer service stuff from the Dynamics part, and then Power Platform, Power Automate, and Governance, and uh, Power Apps, and so on. Uh, and then we have other colleagues that are looking more into um, human resource or, or yeah other parts of the the release wave. And then we bundle our knowledge together and send it out to our customers. Yeah. Um, so everyone focuses on the areas they are, they usually work with, uh, and I don't work with those. Of the... no.
0: I, I don't either. So I don't feel qualified to pick any of those. So I'm just saying that. So so what are you looking for when you're reading the release notes? What's like your criteria for picking an item that you wanna highlight?
1: Uh yeah, that's a good question. Um usually I'm my, my One of my expertise areas or my uh, areas I like the most is like governance and ALM. Uh, so that's stuff where I usually go first. Uh, and then all the pro-dev stuff yeah. uh, because I'm a developer. So I like the pro-dev stuff uh, still. Um, and then everything else, which is uh, like sounds exciting to me. There is no really like a rule for it. I just go through the list of, uh, like, there is, like, if if you take a look at the release waves, you have this, this table where you have, like, the, the title of the feature and then for whom it is and when it will publish and so on. So I go through this list and I say, okay, that sounds interesting, intriguing. I am going into the details page and, and reading about that. Um, and this time, there was a lot of AI and co-pilot stuff. So which made me go like into one of two of them and then skip the rest. Okay. Because of they sound more or less like more or less the same. But um yeah. Yeah, so, so it's more like what sounds good to
0: Yeah, all right. And uh, so you don't have like a rule that okay, it has to have a date for general availability, otherwise it's out.
1: No. No, right. that, no, 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 such rule, no, <laughs> no, okay. And yeah, I had it several times that I mentioned uh, because I try to write one of uh, a blog post for every release wave, uh, and when the release notes come out, and um, we as a as MVPs, we do get access to to the release waves a bit earlier, uh, and uh, sometimes they drop stuff out of yeah. the, the document we got. <laughs> uh and uh or they they drop stuff later out the release wave, so because they yeah. they edit the release notes all the time, and there might might be stuff that will be moved to another uh release wave or dropped completely uh, and I had some times where I wrote about those, and then they were dropped, yeah unfortunately, so <laughs> yeah that could could happen yeah yeah,
0: so I try to be a little bit more strict this time because I picked those items before that just have like. And, and date for public preview. But mm-hmm. now I have more focused on things that has a date for general availability. That means it will be released during yeah. the upcoming six months as we know it from today.
1: Yeah, it's more secure that it will be released yeah. than those that just have public preview or... Uh, oh. yeah.
0: All right then. So should we go by area area then? So we start with something like Power Apps and uh, those areas.
1: Sure. Sure. Uh I y- can start you them. can you can start if you want to, yes.
0: All right. So then I have one that is direct new users to their own development environment. So that is if you go to make.powerapps.com, you don't get into the default environment when you start you actually get to your own development environment and that's really good because sometimes there's a lot of mess in the default environment because people doesn't know about environments at all when they start so this but, is one that it's like yeah this is a good one because it makes it easier to fall into the pit of success it's easier to get started in the right area so this is a good one for me and it's enabled uh, by admins makers or analysis that means yeah it will be enabled for everyone who goes there and it will be generally available as of october 23 so this is soon coming in public preview and um coming early in the sorts have yeah you got... that's uh,
1: that's pretty it's a pretty nice one uh, yeah. i agree it makes the government and so on uh, much easier um we will see how they how they really Implement it when we really can uh, uh, test it. Yeah. Usually, if you if you start out with like if if you go with like consultants, uh, they usually know what they which environment they should use. Yeah. But if you go to like if you have your customer doing stuff themselves and uh, or citizens developers, then it's good to to point them to the right uh, environment. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So for for Power Apps. Uh, I have the one which is called enjoy the new look and feel from for, for model driven apps or power apps, model driven power apps. Uh, I like like that one because um, they they will do the the look and feel in a new way, uh, and they will move to fluent design system, yeah. and that makes the or my hope is that it makes the UI of canvas apps and model driven apps more aligned over time because canvas apps or at least the new controls also use the fluent design. um, So that the, the buttons and uh, as such on such stuff looks like more like the same, uh, whether you're in the canvas app or in uh, in a model driven app. So they, they more melt in together Uh, and also PCFs usually lose use the fluent UI. Yeah. And that was a problem that the UI of PCFs and uh, model-driven apps were so different, uh, and you had to do a lot of CSS uh, hacking to get it the same. Uh, that I hope will be uh, will be easier and better with uh, with this one. And this also has a GA date; it's October 2023 already.
0: Yeah, so that's a good one. And what we got is like one screenshot. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, and and this is enabled for. Oh, sorry, no, enabled for users by admins. So, do you consider this that we have to configure the app to get the new look and feel? I would uh, say so. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, this would perhaps be per app, or do you think it's per environment?
1: Good question. I Spontaneously, I would say it's per environment. All right. Um, but they don't write. Oh, here. Users can switch back at any time. Yeah, so they actually write here that users can opt in by selecting the try the new look option. And then once enabled, the model driven app will look with the new fluent design. But users can switch back then. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's good. So uh, the users can test and switch
0: forth and back themselves. Alright So that means that in the screenshot I actually didn't notice that one before, but in the upper right corner, just as we have in like Outlook, you can toggle a switch and yeah. say try or new look, just try yeah. the new look.
1: But I hope they, they do something like they did with the uh, with the header, because they had like this shrinking header in the beginning. Yeah. Um uh, the de- density, I think, yeah, I think high it, density what? had the worst yeah. thing. Yeah, um, I, I hope they will, with some point, make it that all of them use the same, and yeah. not everyone can switch forth and back, because then we have the same problem with PCFs again. Yeah. Otherwise, because it will look different for different users, whether or not they look, they have the new look or not.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, hopefully, uh, and and I think it's problematic if it's per app because then it's mm-hmm. like okay I have to try the new look in like five different apps if I use five different apps and that could be yeah. tedious and then it, you don't yeah. recognize yourself and but, yeah
1: but by the looks of the screenshot as you mentioned because it like the new look uh, slider mm-hmm. uh, whether you not you have it on or off is like in this what is it, pinkish header yeah uh, up there where also the uh, user settings is which is environment or um, yeah, environment wide, not yeah. app wide. So I would assume that's like you you turn it on and off for all the apps in this environment.
0: Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, by the yeah. time we get the public, uh, sorry, this is actually yeah, public preview. Uh, we can try this. Uh, hopefully, it's soon. I haven't looked yeah. recently if that's on now or not, but. All right, so that's a good one. That made my list as well. So I will strike that one and go for a second one then and yeah. set the solution context. Oh, yeah. So this is if you're in the maker environment and you sort of, okay, we as consultants as we stated before we're kind of used to this you have to go to the solution you have to go to the solution otherwise you end up with this see something prefix with everything that you create yeah and now by the looks of it you can set the solution context and everything will you do will be in the context of that solution and that's a good one because it makes it easier get it right so you don't have to remember this thing like 15 times a day when you go in there so this is a good one for me it it actually was one of my uh topics
1: since i do all alm a lot and uh, preach about it to our customers and my colleagues and
0: and everyone like that's like finally yeah (laughs) unfortunately this has only a public preview date and it's october 2023 and it has no general availability date. Yeah. So I break my lo- rules a lot, but uh, well, I try to find things <laughs> that are general availability within the upcoming release wave at least. Uh, so I like this one. All right, so what's your next?
1: I have uh, actually one with Copilot uh, here. So it's write formulas from natural language or examples using Copilot. I, I thought that looked or sounds interesting. Uh, so they they say okay we can write our Power FX formulas um, using Copilot and AI or with the help of Copilot and AI yeah. uh, using uh, natural language and that could um, make stuff much easier for uh, citizen developers because Power FX still is like kind of script or development uh, language yeah. uh, so a lot of them still struggle with it um, at least at the beginning. And that could help them, okay, I want to do this in natural language, like save a contact or whatever. Uh, and then it translates to Power effects, uh, and it can learn how that looks like and so on. So, uh, yeah, so I think that might be
0: a productive improvement for, for, uh, for mostly uh, citizen developers. Yeah. And, and since we're trying to constantly lower the bar to get going, mm-hmm. I like this one a lot as well because it's it makes it easier to describe and you, this fear of like the blank screen within the, okay, yeah. I have a button, I should do some action on the click. What the am I going to yeah. start with well here? <laughs> so that makes that a lot easier to get going. So I think this is a good one. Unfortunately, no general availability, but it has a public preview in October. So then we can try it out. Yeah. Good one, um so I am going to go to pro development then because I'm mm-hmm. quite out of that one. Do you want to pick something more for I have, just power uh, I have apps?
1: one or two more from Power apps so the one I have, which I'm very excited about as well, and that might be very techy or geeky i don't know it's resize and reposition the power f x editor within Power app Studio, yeah. Uh, because at the moment, if you like edit your power effects in the power app studio, it's like this very thin, uh, like editor area, which you can expand a bit, but not too much. And now as I, or how I read it, you can even dock it to a side or do it a full screen and have it on the, like a different screen. For example, I, my setup here is like my, my laptop on the one side, a wide screen in the middle and one in pivot on the side. So I could take my my development PowerFX development screen and put it in on another screen, uh, get it out of the way, and have a lot of space for writing my PowerFX. So that could also improve the uh productivity rather than having like this five rows big thing
0: where you have to scroll to get to your PowerFX where yeah. you want to edit. Do you know if they're going to have like highlighting? Because in Visual Studio there's like, okay. This word is a function, therefore it has a certain color. And then there's variables that have different colors and so forth. Because that makes code, even though it's low code, Mm. a lot easier for me to read. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: by by the looks of, uh, of the screenshots we have there... Um, there is, for example, they have like this example of, uh, some rows of power of X and they, they write several clear statements and reset statement and set statements. And those, uh, those are in blue and then the variables or the, the, the stuff they have in the parentheses, those are in green or, um, purple. So yeah, by the looks of it, they highlight in different colors depending on what type it is. Perhaps um, it's
0: been so for ages. I don't do Power FX a lot, so perhaps you can tell. Yeah, if it you've is, used uh, they, they
1: do highlighting in the current one. Uh, as All well. right. Then. It's just that.
0: me who's not following along then. <laughs> All right, then. Um, that's a good one. And this one also just a public preview for October 2023. Unfortunately, no general availability date. Uh
1: this one has uh public view for March twenty twenty
0: four, unfortunately. Power apps copilot, right formulas. Not a
1: resize and
0: uh, Oh yeah, yo, yeah. oh right, sorry. So the resize function. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And that's for admin makers uh unless
1: and uh, automatically in the it will yeah. be automatically activated in the uh in the
0: maker portal. Mm. That's a nice one. So now that Heidi is not here, perhaps I should pick something from Power Automate because I know she's really passionate about Power Automate. So I didn't pick one, but perhaps it could be those that do make it easier to debug them. Uh, That could be really interesting. Uh, So this is more on the desktop flows. I'm not sure Mm -hmm. how many people run those. But it's it makes it easier to edit the variables while you debug it. So you can say, okay, I made a mistake. I can see it. But rather than just rerunning it from the top, you can edit it and just, okay, let's keep going. I will make sure it's the right value next time. Hmm. So this has a general availability, but it's far along. So it's March 2024. No public preview, though, so it's straight to GA.
1: (laughs) Okay, that's a bit uh, weird as well, but yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah. Yeah, in
1: in the the Power power Automate area, uh, I have two for Cloud Flows. Yeah. uh, Because I mainly work with Cloud Flows and not so often Desktop Flows. Uh, But there are not so many there either. It's like there are only four. Uh, So they don't invest very much in Power Automate at the moment. Um,
0: do you but the feel, one I have, sorry? Do you feel that Power Automate reaches more of a stable time now, then? That it's not so many things that they need to do in the core parts of Power Automate. It's more, okay, the connector stuff, yeah, well, they mm. get deprecated and get more as legacy. We get new ones. That happens still. Main functionality of Power Automate seems to slow down, as you said.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I think so too, uh, because there was a, a lot longer list the last time, and yeah. now it's only four or even three only. Yeah, it's even three only. So, yeah, it looks like they don't uh, have. I don't know whether or not they, I mean, they obviously shifted a lot of their resources to all think Copilot AI. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why they haven't invested as much in Power Automate. I don't know. Or if they, they feel like, as we mentioned, the core is as stable as they yeah. need it at the moment. Um, and they also the the more main pain points I usually have with Power Automate is riga uh, um, uh, around like ALM and uh, yeah. having connection references in place and and all this stuff, yeah. um, which would not be. And they have they have made that one or this area better a lot in the last few months. So um, yeah, I I would say I would say it's a combination of they maybe feel that the core of Power Automate is. Good enough at the moment, yeah. and they had to move resources to AI and Copilot. <laughs>
0: yeah, Probably. there's a lot of AI and Copilot lot, in there. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, what did you pick from Power? Um, I
1: have uh, managed bulk abundant cloud flows. Yeah. Uh, so, if if those, those get abundant because, like, the user is leaving or anything happens that they get abundant, then uh, in, b- before we had to go in one by one per run. And yeah. restart it, which could be hideous if there were several hundreds of them. Yeah. And now you can, like, in the list, as the looks and what they what they write, you can select several ones in the list and just do a bulk uh, a bulk resend, uh, resubmit. Yeah, which will be much better for governance or for for like the admins taking care of all of that.
0: Yeah. So the scenario is that you've changes the reference in the connector. Now you want to rerun it with a new application or, yeah. or user yeah. credential and you just want to retry everything and, and yeah. it makes it easier yeah it's yes. a good one
1: and and this one is for admin makers and so on like automatically in the uh in the in the maker portal and this, ha- this has a public preview for november uh, and general availability for march next year as well so it's it's a bit out uh but hopefully we can test it soon
0: yeah yeah good one and the second one you you picked
1: yeah yes uh, that's uh, run a cloud flow for more than thirty days per invocation uh because until now uh if if you have a long running cloud flow, it will be terminated after thirty days yeah um there I haven't had much uh, use cases where it has to run more than thirty days um it was more i had one or two where we had like um approvals and they Ah. should be on like longer or several approvals after each other. And they had like a week or two to approve. And then overall it could happen that the Cloudflow runs more than 30 days. Uh, um, And those would have been canceled Hmm. today. Hmm. Uh, And this one makes it that they uh, can run longer. They, they don't write like how long uh, or I've found it here, but um, they write that it can be executed more than.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, So yeah. So approval flows. Do you have any other scenarios other than approval flows? Because if you run like an automated Power Automate, thirty days is a long execution time. Yeah, it's it's pretty long. Yeah. Uh, No,
1: the only ones I had was with with approval in it. All right. Okay. Um, I mean, you could have something like. not directly approval, but if you want to you want to send out something to someone and then send a reminder after a few days yeah. and maybe wait until a bit longer. But I would split that into different cloud flows and save the date on the record. Yeah. And then process it this way. And not have like one cloud flow running thirty five yeah. days.
0: Yeah, but that might be a use case as yeah. well it's easier to rerun those as well because otherwise yeah. it's like, oh, well, now you're stuck in the middle. We can't really start over here because then we will send emails again. So Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right then. So uh, is it okay if I go to um, pro development and pick one from there? Uh, sure, sure. Sure. So then I will go to publish custom connectors to Power Platform from within Visual Studio. So this is from my uh, pro development heart here, because sometimes you have this custom code that you want to access and you, it was a bit tedious. There were like f- three or four steps to update the uh, connector, the custom connector that you could do um, to change things. Things that we have developed ourselves, and um, and now it's easier. Now it's like publish from Visual Studio, and you the the new publish guide seems a lot easier. And then it's up there in Azure or Power Platform to use. So this looks a lot neater than the steps, and then importing the the Postman configuration. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, I usually went from Swagger, but then they don't support Swagger 3 and yeah, it's, it's, it is. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a nice one. Yes. Um, because I, I, we created one custom connector, which is certified and it was, uh, yeah, since they don't, um, support Swagger 3 and then we had to, to change stuff directly in the UI Like in the website, in the Swagger definition, it wasn't the the nicest experience. So I hope this one uh, makes it easier and better. Yeah, Yeah.
0: because it happens that you have this kind of custom connector. So, yeah. Um, And this one is general availability October. And it's already in public preview since April. So, yeah, we can try this out now. Um, all right, then. What's your next?
1: Yeah, so since in the ProDev you only had two items, <laughs> and the other one is about finance operations, and I don't work with finance operations, so I don't have anything from this area uh, more than you already mentioned. Um, but uh, let me find the right one. Uh, I have some for uh, the loss area. Yeah. And I have. Some, oh, that we have talked about. Let's go there. Uh, yeah, then we take a look there. So, um, I have the one which is called Build Your Own Business Logic Using Low-Code Plugins. Yeah. Since I'm also coming from developer side, as I mentioned, maybe a few times already. Uh, so, I'm very interested in plugins. Uh, and this one is plugins for citizen developers they can write plugins using power fx and it's like crud plugins so uh, create read update uh, and delete plugins
0: yeah
1: or operations within those uh, so that's very interesting um <clears throat> and um, I, I really i or that's uh, has has a public preview from may 2023 so you can already uh, test it mm-hmm. um and there are some stuff that they have to fix uh still but they have some time because the ga date is december 2023 so i'm uh, looking forward to that um maybe make yeah make it easier for for citizens to create plugins um so that maybe I as a developer don't have to do all the small plugins
0: and more focus on the more complex stuff, uh, probably. So do you read this as an alternative to Power Automate for those real-time scenarios that's not really supported through Power Automate today?
1: Yeah, so my interpretation and my personal expression of that or my personal idea of that is I would say those will replace the workflows we have, like the classic workflows. Yeah. So then yeah because the workflows the or power automate as you mentioned they were intended to replace the real time or the, the, the classic workflows. Yeah. But we all know they don't have real time and that's one of the things people use in the in the classic workflows still uh, because there isn't an alternative to it. So now we might have one. Um, so I could imagine that when they release this one, they sometime in the future, maybe deprecate the uh, classic workflows.
0: Yeah. Well, well <laughs> they might do it, but I feel it's there's a lot of old workflows still around. A lot. Yes. Like, a lot, a lot. So, yeah.
1: But to, to be honest, uh, just because they deprecate something doesn't mean that they take it away directly, but it no. it is more a strong indication that you should use other things. Uh, and they, yeah. they might have something deprecated for several years okay. without removing it. True. So you could still... I, I don't know what they will do, but I would imagine they will deprecate it and then leave it deprecated for... A long period of time because as you mentioned there is a there are a lot of ISVs still relying on classic workflows um and implementations not only isvs but other yeah. custom implementation yeah. as well uh, so they can't delete
0: it within like six months no uh, well, they they have to, to that do it longer would be a huge cry out if they did yes like we have an yeah. end date you better get but, going
1: but uh, as far as i know yeah. uh, and that's only because I know stuff from on-premise and so on, um, this, it, like the, the handling of the classic workflows uh, is one of, or is, is a driving cost factor for Microsoft, for the platform, because they have to to have like, everything is on Azure servers, obviously, yeah. and everything is hosted on Azure, and they use the standard SQLs from Azure. Uh, they moved it from dedicated Dataverse or, or dynamics uh, Azure uh, uh, dynamic servers yeah. to to Azure to use the platform they have, yeah, but not the classic workflow uh, run engine,
0: yeah. That's, because it's as far RSI. as
1: I know, uh, still on this uh, dedicated service, which is a huge cost factor. So I I could imagine that they really want to get rid of it, but. That will
0: take some time, I yeah. would say. Hopefully they can reduce it then so the cost yeah. gets less and then it's less of annoyance or problem for Microsoft. Yeah. So yeah, I have made this on my list as well, because as you said, those that we used to call synchronous workflows, right? That mm-hmm. we want to do something so when the user presses save, it will be done before they get to do something else. So if we want to do some, I don't know, some calculations that we can't do with business rules or whatever, then we can do it in the plugin. And then when the user comes back, it is done and updated on the form. So those scenarios, Power Automate can't handle today. And um, yeah. Hopefully this gets helped in that way. So as you said, it's easier to build those and faster so pro developers can focus on other things. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then also, I mean, there, there are projects where you don't maybe have a, a pro developer. Yeah, We we have some customers where colleagues of mine which, which aren't developers um, are the only ones in this project because it's small customers. And then, if they have something as you mentioned, which should be classic, they either or, or synchronous. They either go back to the classic workflows,
0: yeah.
1: or they get one of our developers into the project, which is like a lot of time because we need to to request access and users and yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, if they can do it themselves with, with those Power plugins, that would increase the productivity as well.
0: Yeah, I would say. Uh, yeah, all right, good one. Then I have something that I more would like to discuss, and I have it on my list, but I'm not sure because this one is also on the DataVerse, but it's the use one connector for all legacy connectors. I have to. So <laughs> I'm not sure if I read this correctly, but I think that this is. Um, these types of we have this dynamics connector in Power Automate I think still from Mm. Power Automate was born Mm. and this has been legacy or deprecated for the longest of time now I think they're actually going to move that out of the scope it says it's going to Deprecate them, but or move all deprecated to one single codeless connector. Well, move them to the latest dataverse. I'm not quite sure, but this is how I read it. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: I, I, yeah, so they, they mention here that it should replace the following connectors, those are the Dynamic 365 you mentioned and the DataVerse legacy. So, That's like the one which has the gray Dataverse uh, icon um, and the finance and operations apps uh, connector. So it will not replace the current Dataverse connector. It will only replace like the old ones. But still, if it's a new connector, which is called Microsoft Dataverse, according to the documentation here, um, you still have to, to redo all your flows to the new connector, like the new deprecated connector. So it, it, it sounds like they release a new connector called Microsoft Dataverse and it's directly deprecated.
0: So it's not that they have all the old functionality back from Dynamics 365 and Dataverse Legacy in that Dataverse connector we already have then.
1: That might yeah because uh, there ooh. are
0: certain scenarios that we couldn't do before yes I think the one is well select um selected row or something
1: yeah it's like if you if you be if you are on on the row or on a, on a few and then you have like this flows button yeah. and you want to run a flow on this record yeah. on the that's the legacy yeah. one
0: yeah so perhaps that introduced in the newest Ooh. version of Dataverse. And as audience can hear, this is public preview in August and hasn't been released. And general availability is in October. Hence, we are speculating because we yes. have no idea how to test it. Otherwise, we would have. But uh, yeah. All right. So hopefully... It is that all the functionality from, like, the legacy, and I don't think there's anything in Dynamics 365 that are missing, but I know that this one from legacy was missing before. Hopefully, that's in the new one, so you that never have to build new ones using the Dataverse Legacy connector.
1: Yeah, that would make uh, much more sense than creating a new collector, <laughs> which is deprecated.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, but then still, you would have to, to migrate over your flows. Yeah. If they still, if you have flows still using the data legacy connector, you have to change it to the Microsoft data connector. Yeah. Instead of, but yeah. So
0: yeah. I'm bringing up the deprecation list now just to see what they've introduced and because sometimes that's just as, uh, Interesting uh, as the actual release notes. Yeah. So let's see here. Because last time they marked them as deprecated, the Microsoft Dataverse legacy and the other one, both in Power Automate and in Logic Apps. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they said that, that October 2022, this would be removed, I think. Also referred to... Oh, in August 2023, uh, you cannot create new ones. And then later on, I think I read it now as October, it would be stop running. And then later on, uh, it would be, yeah, stop running. All right. Okay. So we we have to see what happens now in August then. Yeah. See, we can try the, the new... Dataverse connector because it is labeled Microsoft Dataverse. If I remember correctly, the new one and the old one is Microsoft Dataverse Legacy. But let's see, let's see.
1: All right, but they also right there like the, the last sentence in this uh, feature is all features using the existing legacy connector will migrate to the new connector. Mm-hmm. So that's what what you mentioned. Yeah. That all the functionality in those three that are deprecated will be over in the new.
0: Yeah. Correct then. So mm-hmm. finance and operations apps, as they mentioned, I don't really know that because I've never used it. So. Me neither. <laughs> all right. So... <laughs> Let's stop speculating <laughs> on this one and go to yours next then. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I have uh, one for Dataverse that's, uh, oh, no, we, yeah, I have one for Dataverse here. Yeah. Uh, it's experience enhancements to formula column. Um, yeah. so there's this new formula columns, which also use Power X, uh, or new wish formula columns, and they will improve like the ability or the functions
0: we, we can use in those, um, which is, which is good, uh, I think, um. Yeah, and, this have been uh, GA'd before, but now they have more functions within them.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So the, the those columns in general are GA, but they will add new uh, yeah. new functionality to it. And uh, so it will, will be better to replace those uh, the, the calculated fields
0: with yeah. the columns, with the new ones. So one yeah. of the things that they're adding is the support for currency columns. And I've been missing those. Yeah, uh, because sometimes you just want to like, well, we have this discount and then the result is still currency. Mm-hmm. We couldn't do that before. Now we can. And that's one of the most common scenarios that I bumped into with this new uh, Power FX column that you couldn't do this pretty basic yeah. calculation and then end up not with the currency. So that's a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and then on this maybe same note, I have one which is use Power
0: effects to define column level roll up logic. Yeah, so this uh, is interesting. So yeah, let me hear.
1: Yeah, it's like uh, we have the roll up fields at the moment, um, but they now we have the possibility to do in in low code columns, which is which is the formula columns, uh, roll up logic as well. Yeah. Um so moving more stuff from the older calculated and roll-up uh, columns we already have since a few years uh, over to the PowerFX to, to make it like live in the same
0: space uh, as everything. Yeah. So this doesn't say anything about how often they do this. So oh. do you read it as it should... We won't expect any of, more often than, than we have... And I think it's is it four times a day or eight times a day or something. No, I think it's, it's every
1: th- six hours.
0: Yeah, if I remember
1: correctly. So four, yeah. then.
0: But yeah, I
1: I I don't know. Um, but I know that um, one of my colleagues had some problems with like uh, calculated. Oh no! I'm, I am wrong. I mean, things. I think it's. Uh, I think it's the formula columns. Okay. The calculation of the formula columns when it came to exporting stuff via Azure Synapse link All because right. when it was recalculated it was not counted as an update on the row which has not triggered an export to the data lake so the data in data lake was not in sync any longer with the data in dataverse all right, um, and I hope this will be fixed and also fixed for those roll-up logic, so that if this one is recalculated, however often it now will be, it also triggers an update, hmm. so that all the integrations also get like yeah, the yeah. updated. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, because but, it's
0: it wasn't a changed column, even though the other columns would change, hence the result would change. And that column wasn't included in the change set of okay. Yeah, that's problematic. So hopefully that's changed as well. But this level roll-up logic, this is a different thing then because this is the roll-up fields that we had before, and now you could do those type of things in the PowerFX. So that's really good one. Because they've been fairly limiting those roll-up fields. And now, hopefully, we can do more coming. Yeah. Yeah, we will see. I mean, that's a public
1: review date in January, so yeah. there are some months until we can test it, but uh, yeah,
0: we will see. General availability in March, so that's a good one. It's within the release wave, so that's good. Yes. Yeah. And one thing that I think is really good about this as well, it's that it's now consistent. So mm-hmm. When you're doing a canvas apps, it's Power effects. When you do calculated fields, it's Power effects. When you do roll-up fields, it's Power FX. It's the same thing again and again. So you don't have, oh, it's slightly different here. It's slightly different there. No, it's the same thing everywhere. So you get good at it. That's yeah. important for me.
1: And Yeah. But then they hopefully also implement all the functionality in all of them. If you have like <laughs> pa- you have Power Fx in those, but just uh, here you have this one subset and here you have this other subset, then it makes it hard as well. But yeah. so hopefully they they get it to like all of them support all the Power Vex there is, yeah. uh, so that you don't have to know. Okay, now I'm doing like a, a Power Fx plugin. Yeah. Then I have this five uh, functions. Yeah. Uh, to hand and if I do the roll up, then I have this two only. Or so. Yeah. I hope they do all of it in all of them.
0: Yeah. yeah. So when it's like I don't know business rules using using Power Effects, then it's still the same thing. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. important as well. So uh, yeah, you don't have slightly different. Is it time to go into Dynamics now?
1: Uh, yeah, I have one left. Right. In the Power power Platform Release really Wave. Uh, and it. this is a, a governance one. Right. And it's leverage network isolation feature. Uh, so what they write, it's public review in October. Yeah. Um, you can you can en- enable like um, <clears throat> private endpoints uh, for plugins or your plugins can be enabled to uh, access resources behind a private endpoint in your Azure.
0: Oh.
1: so if you have like a secured API or a secured SQL be behind your VNet or your yeah. and it has a, a, a private endpoint, until now there was not really any option to to access those via plugin. If you like want to get yeah. information from your internal system or whatever, uh, and that will be activated in this one that it's like in the since they all run in azure they can go directly through the azure backbone uh, without leaving the azure network uh, internal network and then they can request the uh, private endpoints
0: yeah so it was before the power platform was more labeled as well this is internet still, so you're sort of coming yeah. from outside. Now it's more okay. You could be part of your virtual network. It, yeah, it will be okay. Yeah, Good and,
1: and I hope, but um, that's really just a hope uh, that that they also do that for the whole Power Platform because yeah. at the moment, if you, for example, if you have a custom connector to one of your internal APIs, yeah, uh, using from Power uh, Power Automate then you have to open up all the Power Automate IP addresses. Yeah. Because you don't know from which of those it can come because it can be processed on any server in, within the Power Platform, Europe. like in your region, yeah. or Power, yeah. Power, yeah. Power Automate. So that would be nice to be able to shrink this list a bit to like, okay, that's my area of Power Automate and I know where it's coming from. We will see um, yeah. if something like that comes in the future.
0: Do you do you have customers that often request you to have these virtual networks and sort of limit the access area of things coming to your solutions?
1: We have a, a few customers. They either have some stuff on premise. So some yeah. servers and some SQLs or yeah. uh, APIs on premise still. And they they want to shut their network yeah. or their firewall, obviously. Um, so now they we have one in particular, they are moving more and more to, to the cloud platform and the IT, like they they hired us, the IT hired us yeah. uh, to help the, the business go, go there. Uh, so that's not the problem with discussion with IT, which you usually have, but they still have to open up the network uh, yeah. or the, the firewall. And then we have others that really, uh, that have like vNets for all their uh, the Azure stuff. So exactly like they describe here. So they have they have the Azure region or the the Azure subscription, and that's blocked within VNet. Yeah. Um, so that also needs some
0: some opening usually.
1: Yeah. So we have yeah. we have some of them.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, I can understand the um, the dynamic or sorry the on premise ones because then it's always okay. We want to make sure it's only the. Approved callers that are even allowed to try this, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah,
1: and I think the those that have like Azure be behind a VNet, that's uh, it's a bit like a, a hybrid between open, uh, yeah. open in in the cloud and everything is on premise because you still leverage like all the, the good stuff you have in Azure, all the new features and scaling up, uh, downscaling, and everything like that but you're still in your own bubble because you have it in a net and it's protected. Yeah. So it's more like a, a hybrid of, of those bows. All right. Both, yeah.
0: uh, should we go to sales first? Because yes. that's the one I've been looking mostly at. Do you have okay. anything for sales? Uh, uh, yeah, I have three items for sales. All right. Let's uh, go with you
1: first then. Um. <clears throat> um i have uh, one which would sound obvious uh, but obviously hasn't been there because they have an item on it it's called notify sellers and sales managers after assignment, assignment rules execution so if you have assignment, uh, assignment rules mm-hmm. uh, they will assign your stuff automatically yeah. uh, to the, the yeah the most um, or the person which is mostly uh, able to, to answer it or to, to to do it, they haven't been notified about it before. Uh, now they will. Yeah. Uh, so you, you would have, to, before you had to, to, to do the notification yourself, um, a power automate when the user changes or the owner changes of stuff, inform the owner and so on. Yeah. Now they will be informed like automatically uh, yeah. within instance.
0: Okay. Yeah, and this one has general for, availability uh, in January. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, exactly. All right, then. So then I have a different one, and that's follow-up on emails using recommended actions. Uh, mm-hmm. So I read this as you don't have to type your entire email by hand, Uh so you, it's easier to get, so, okay, what was the things that I said in the email that I should do? Uh, yeah. So currently, sales have to keep track of the email conversation. They have to meticulously read a call, call and note actions on, be sure to set due date, take action to complete. Now they will have to, okay, okay. Um, get more help with that. So that's how I read this. And it's also powered by AI, isn't it? It's like it's co-pilot. under Copilot for yeah. dynamic sales. Uh, so probably uh, and view this follow up task in the Copilot pane. So yeah. yeah, this is one of these AI thingy. Uh, what's your next one?
1: guide sellers to work simultaneously using multiple sequences. Mm-hmm. So we, we can create uh, sequences which uh, should create different um, yeah, different actions on, on like a, a customer. Like, okay, now you have to send an email, then you have to call them and so on. So you have like a, a certain sequence which you could apply on customers. So you can define a standard and then you apply it to your customer and you're always like, on the first day, we write an email. Two days later, we call them a follow up email, maybe and so on. Yeah. And, uh, either or at the moment, you can, can only have one of those sequences on the same, like, record. Yeah. Uh, be it now a customer or an opportunity. And, uh, but it, they could be different for different sellers because they maybe are, I don't know, uh, different in different um, areas they work or, um, yeah, they they maybe have different sequences, but they can't apply different ones. Now they can. So like one seller can have sequence A for this customer and uh, another seller can have uh, sequence B. So they can follow their own uh, workflows still,
0: but it's still um, like a template for, for them. Yeah. So I see this as going towards the business process flow Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's not the same thing, but it's going that direction because we have multiple business process flows on the same record We can have them activated at the same time, they can be different for different people. So this is going in that direction. So I, I see uh that this this makes sense. And uh, this has a public preview in December. And weirdly, general availability says to be announced.
1: No other yeah, thing non- has that. No, exactly. There are not many uh, items that have to be announced because, yeah. I mean, all of them that don't
0: have GA date are to be announced. Well, if they're not saying it should be during this release wave... We're not just sure when. Yeah. And those who have nothing don't expect this to be GA in this release wave. Yeah. But again, I'm speculating, so we'll just see, all right? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so I have gear up your meetings using AI-generated preparation notes. Because sometimes you get into meetings here, you want to have a bit of a, I don't know, cold start the meetings. So you don't go straight to what you're asking for. So it's, I I read it as, well, you get a little bit, I saw you did this, hence why I'm chit-chatting with you here in the beginning of this meeting. Yeah. So that's how I read that one.
1: Yeah, I think there, there are different one like of that kind. Yeah, um, as mentioned, there are a lot of AI stuff, and a lot of them, especially in the sales area, are about generating automated or AI generated uh, summaries, be it for opportunities or lead or the account or like using ChatGPT. I assume it's a chat or GPT in in the background, GPT um, to to do what it does best summarizing text. Yeah. Um, And I think that makes, makes a lot of sense because as you mentioned, then you can have like a brief overview uh, about the account or opportunity or lead or whatever record you're looking at without the need that someone writes it and updates it all the time.
0: Yeah, because sometimes you have this opportunity and the timeline is full of emails. Like the last week, there have been 15 emails and you're like, well, did I miss anything in those emails? Yeah. Yeah, that could be really good to say. Yeah,
1: where are we? Or you're on vacation, coming back after that and say, okay, I know I I gave it to my my colleague, uh, this customer, uh, but what have they talked about? What was the last status? So you can just look at the AI generated summary and know, okay, in the last two weeks, this happened. Yeah. So that's... Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good one. And uh, hopefully it will... uh, Okay, let's see here. Uh, uh, It's already public preview. I haven't tried this one. July, 28th of July. Okay, so it's not that long ago. And general availability now in October. All right. And then, but then also,
1: since Microsoft does has have uh, some problems getting enough uh, servers for all the AI stuff they have, yeah, uh, because they need GPUs and uh, Nvidia can't produce enough <laughs> GPUs. Yeah, um, they there might be some of those that are only available in the US region. Because they released the, the AI on the co pilot stuff first in US. Yeah, true. Then, as I, um, my last information is that they then target Europe yeah. and then the other regions. Um, because I've seen one where, and I can't exactly remember which of the co pilots it was, but you had to, if you want to use it in the public preview, uh, you had to, to manually activate it and then. Uh, sign like an agreement that your data yeah. will be sent to the US, because they only had this one in the US. So you can use it in your environment, which is in the European region, but your data will be sent to the US, which you don't want to do for yeah. your European customers, uh, because then you could easily have a GDPR breach.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so there, there might be some stuff. Yeah, it's okay to to test them, uh, but I don't know whether they really are usable for for us in Europe uh, when they get GA. All
0: right.
1: We'll see. (laughs) Yeah.
0: This is a lot interesting because we're just, we're over an hour already and I'm like, I have a couple more on sales. I'm not sure if we should. All right. I I will go for one more sales. And then I'm... (laughs) Uh, Yeah. All right. Um. So next, next one is empower sellers to proactively pick your next party's record based on business rule.
1: I have the same one. That would be my next one as well.
0: <laughs> All right, then. Good, good, good. Uh, so I read this as, uh, well, we could sort list and things and based on closing date or this or that, but sometimes it's more difficult than just sorting a view. So this makes it easier to sort it based on multiple things. And then, okay, this one is the one that you're supposed to work on. Based on whatever rules you have, this is how I read it,
1: yeah, exactly, and I think I read that it also depends on which seller is looking at the, the list so it like uh, sellers can have different focus areas or different um, mm, interests nice. or and I think it will pick for the particular seller the right opportunity. Uh, If I I remember
0: correctly, yeah. Yeah, it's been a a week since I did pick them, so I'm not sure about the details any longer. But you're probably right. And this one has a general availability availability date only, and it's in November, so it will be a while for us to test this. Uh, So, unfortunately, no public preview. Um... No,
1: but it also has to be enabled by an admin maker and analyst. So, we could just test it like in our development environment uh, when it is GA and then when we are satisfied, then we move it to to test and production. Yeah. It will not be enabled directly for
0: all the users. No. Uh, true so perhaps it's in the ai area and you can sort of activate it there like the one we had before okay you have to train your model you had to do this and that and then it was like okay now you had these new columns that we had before you can sort by the new columns i think it was grade and score i think it was score and grade so it could uh, score from 0 to 100 and a gray A, B, C, D or something. And then you could sort it by those. And this is probably in the realms of that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so that's what I have for sales. I looked at customer service and I found exactly nothing interesting there. <laughs> uh Yeah.
1: I I have three items for that. All but, right. Uh, we can we don't have to do all of them, but one is um <clears throat> use overflow to handle lengthy waiting times for queues. And I read that as um usually you 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 work for if you have different queues for different areas maybe in your customer service. Uh yeah. but then you have one queue which is will be flooded with uh, cases uh, because, I don't know, maybe if a product release and it doesn't work as expected or whatever, like yeah. this queue, is it's flooded. But the other queues aren't. So there are uh, maybe agents that are sitting around uh, and other agents that have a lot of stuff to do. Uh, then with this feature, they can automatically overflow items from the the queue which is too full yeah. to the other queues. To, to spread the, the lot. Even so, those agents might not be uh, as expert in those areas as the ones in the queue, but still they can help the, the customer to, to satisfy them that they don't wait hours in the queue, uh, but get some answers uh, quicker.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah. most of my customers are not this big. So even though they might be using unified routing, they're like, okay, most of the agents fit in a room. So Mm. they're like, they talk to each other. So they, I need help. Okay, let me go into your queue and help you rather than change the item to a different queue. So that's how customers have solved it. So I didn't read this as as a good but perhaps bigger customers more complex scenarios need this feature
1: yeah yeah exactly i think that's um maybe not yeah. if you have like customer service which is on this in the same yeah room as you mentioned but if if they are like spread out if you have different customer service centers in different yeah. uh, cities around the country or in different countries yeah um, Uh, then they might not be in the same time zone or not in the same team or, uh, I don't know. Uh, They can't just talk directly with each other. So they might not even know each other. So it might be easier for them. But then you have, as you mentioned, you need to have like a certain size in your customer service uh, area, I would say. All right. Yeah.
0: Um, and then we have those uh, summarizations. We have both summarized support cases with Copilot and we have summarized conversations with Copilot. And I think they go in the same type of realm that yeah. we've discussed before. Well, help me get back into speed in the conversations that we have. Uh, and I think they're fairly similar to each other. They are right now in public preview, both of them. And they're going to hit general availability in October, so those could be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: those were on my my list as well. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> all
0: right then. I didn't uh, pick them, but if you're going to use something, then those are my picks. Yeah. Uh, sorry to, to to take your no, <laughs> that's normal
1: at all. I, I also I agree. I mean that's maybe the same as we had before It's it's good to have like AI doing what. What is it good for? Like yeah. summarizing uh, yeah. stuff. Yeah.
0: All right. So you work with marketing. So I get it that you picked something from marketing as well. I don't really do marketing, so I'm here to listen to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I worked uh, a bit with marketing. I um, haven't
1: had uh, a, a project in a, in a few months, but uh, but still, um, I have. Uh, Rewrite and change tone of content quickly using Copilot in marketing, okay. and um, that's also like in the same note. Using Copilot and AI for for text changes or, or what it's good for, like do, analyzing text and writing text. Um, yeah. So we have we have built uh, a uh, custom thing for one customer. One of my colleagues did. Uh, which is where where we haven't had any AI's, uh, any co-pilots, but um, they would they would have like a description of uh, stuff they they sell, like their product, yeah, uh, and they want to to have it like uh, changed for different um, customer groups. Uh-huh. Like if it is now, if we do a marketing thing mar- uh, targeted for families. It might be better to have it sounding a bit different than if we target businesses or um, some other group. So what we did is they wrote wrote the the standard um, text and then we have sent it to to there and said, okay, we want to change this text more um, targeting families and don't use those words or use more this words and so on. Uh, And then we saved the result and then they could pick one of those, okay. uh, which is targeted for different areas. And I would say that might be something in this direction. So you can change the tone of what you're writing to what you need uh, within directly within marketing with Cobite.
0: So this is typically email marketing when you want something to happen, right? So either you start yeah. a campaign with something or more based on actions. Okay, you come to this state. This is the email. That we do several of them, even though it's not strictly a campaign.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But what Microsoft writes in this uh, in this item is: uh, "Edit text with Copilot is available available for the following type of content: so mm-hmm. it's email, event templates, and content blocks. It's yeah. forms, text messages, push notification, and event registration pages. So that's so more not... or less all the stuff you have mm-hmm. in marketing. You could improve." or change your tone uh, according to which um, customer group you want to target in in more or less every text you have in in marketing.
0: All right. I can't find it on the page right now, though. Uh, But uh, hopefully you're right, because I'm looking at the marketing list now. It's under Copilot and AI innovation. Effortlessly change, perf- perfect your message with yeah, the, the co-pilot- maybe they
1: changed the yeah. All yeah, right. they changed
0: the title. They changed the title. Ah.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so that's that's the all right. Okay, uh, sorry. So it's now called
1: perfect your message with Copilot text editing and rewriting. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: they change the wordings yesterday, then that's why. <laughs> or since I wrote my blog post (laughs) yeah yeah, okay Uh, so um, the URL is still the same though yes Uh, (laughs) so it still works Uh, so this is public preview in September general availability in October so this is really good then because since it's a lot wider than what I imagined at the beginning good one
1: yeah and then I have another one which is called uh, "Prevent messages from sending during unwanted times" by setting up quiet times using Copilot. All right. Uh, so that, um, <clears throat> yeah, you can, as it, as I say, uh, they they write that you can set up uh, quiet times using Copilot, so it suggests to you when it might be best for you to have a quiet time. And I would assume it analyzes like the open rate and the click rate and so on from your uh, marketing uh, campaigns because yeah. all this information is there. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would assume that uh, it's analyzing those because what we already have is for specific customers. Like yeah. <clears throat> if you do a, a marketing campaign, uh, you, if you activate it, it can say, okay, for, for this customer, I don't know, color. He yeah. usually opens his emails Monday morning, seven o'clock. Yeah. Those, that's, that's his, his uh, most click rate. So to him, we we send the email at 6.55. Yeah. So it's at the top of his inbox. But maybe, I don't know, some other, they open it on uh, Monday in the evening. So we send it to them in the evening. Yeah. So I, I would assume that's a bit more uh, optimized of that. And in the other way around. Uh, that you have, like, quiet times. Don't send it to this person in this time. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah.
0: Yeah, because sometimes you want to be not doing that manually because sometimes it's a lot of time zones, so you don't, like, send text people or send text to people, like, 3 a.m. and they're, like, unsubscribe to that one because you just woke me up. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. or if they write, for example, set days such as bank holidays or times when customers shouldn't receive messages. So you could have like a bank holiday in one country, not in the other. You shouldn't send on bank holidays to not
0: annoy them. Yeah. All right then. Uh, Um, So I think we have to close it there, even though we're not strictly out of items to add because we're... uh, one hour and soon twenty minutes. So, <laughs> so where do I go if I want to know more about the release wave? Uh, yeah. So
1: I, uh, I would uh, suggest to uh, to look at different uh, blog posts because they usually summarize stuff. Very good. Yeah. Uh, and then you have an excellent blog post, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and then maybe also look like, because all the people that do blog posts, they do it like for their area of expertise and for their interest area. So maybe you can find someone which has like more or less the same uh, mm-hmm. so that you don't get uh, like annoyed or uh, have all the other stuff which you are not interested in. Um, but I think I always like to, to have blog posts for stuff to get a summarization and uh, a quick review of stuff. And then if you want to have more details, go to the to the release waves and look at those items. Uh, yeah. Basically.
0: So I will add learn as well, and then your blog post, uh, so people can find both you and all of the things that we have talked about here. And of course, the upcoming updates, because as we know, well, things change. Yes. <laughs> That's for certain. Yeah. We're not sure which one of those, but some of them will definitely change. Do you have any any public speaking schedule if we want to hear more from you, Benedict?
1: Uh, I actually don't have at the moment. Uh because I just we just got our second child, so I stepped back a bit in uh, going to and uh, to events uh, for the rest of the year. Congratulations! Next Thank you.
0: Yeah, that's a big one—the second child. So yeah, hopefully everything is uh, went well and everything everyone is home happily. Yes, uh, yes, we, everyone
1: is healthy and uh, yeah, happy.
0: Yeah. Who would you recommend as a future guest on this podcast?
1: Ooh. um a good question i always uh yeah i would recommend one of my one of my uh colleagues at cmk um yeah. depends on which area you want to have like if you uh if you prefer something about tools and uh, development then i would say jonas yeah uh rap or if you want to have stuff for um uh, yeah, migrations and enterprise uh, implementations and so on. Then it would be Gustav Westerlund. Yeah. Uh, or everything around uh, citizen developer, Power Automate, Canvas apps and so on. It uh, would be uh, Sarah Lagerqvist. Uh, or uh, if if everything development and uh, finance and operations do right, it would be Karina. Yeah, class
0: uh, so three of those have already been on the show before, but I will happily invite any of them back because they're all great so uh thank you for those and thanks to you, Benedict Speman, for participation in c m rocks. Thanks for having me. It was a great pleasure being here, yeah. And thanks to your listening. And don't forget that you can subscribe to CM Rocks in your favorite podcast app, or you can find us at cmrocks.com. See you next time on CM Rocks.